Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. Hi, I'm John Weeks, and this is the Evening Standards Tech and Science Daily. As we reach the end of 2022, we've had another incredible year of stories from across the world. And liftoff of Artemis 1, we rise together back to the moon and beyond. It's the first medication which works in Alzheimer's disease, so that's of course a fantastic event. The results are in, and it looks like Twitter users have voted for Elon Musk to step down as the head of Twitter. Now, as we look back on another trip around the sun, we're focusing on the big tech stories that impacted us as consumers, users and content lovers. It's just been... um thoroughly chaotic with just sort of you know one one thing after another really the evening standards tech reporter alan martin takes us back to some of the key events that sparked change controversy and drama over the last year and we couldn't start this episode without mentioning the man behind a lot of headlines in the tech space this year Elon Musk. I'm not even sure if people were expecting to go through with it. It sprung out of nowhere in the first place. And Musk's history of saying things isn't necessarily what he eventually does. So then the actual bid went through and, you know, Twitter snapped snapped his hand off for it. This year, he followed through on his plan to buy Twitter at the cost of $44 billion, announcing the news by carrying a sink into their headquarters. I think even he accepted that he was overpaying massively for it for a side that loses so much money. And then there was months of sort of legal wrangling where he seemed to be trying to get out of it before realising he couldn't. And then it sort of all snowballed all of a sudden, really, with the various things that have happened in the last... I mean, it's only been two months. The move led to some users planning their switch away from the platform to alternatives like Mastodon, but it appears no real mass exodus actually occurred. I mean, the the big advantage that Musk has is essentially that there's no obvious alternative platform. And, you know, I've used Mastodon a little bit. It looks familiar, but it's different enough not to be sort of an obvious, easy switch. So I kind of think that the problem probably would have been worse if there was like an obvious sort of unity platform for everyone to go to. Just this month, though, Elon revealed he would step down as the head of Twitter after a 57% majority voted for him to do so on a poll he tweeted. But what does this mean for the platform heading into 2023 and beyond? It's hard to see this as being anything more than a cosmetic change to kind of paper over the 
the problems that the self-inflicted wounds that have been created over the past few months i mean i think musk himself tweeted that although he would no longer be ceo he'd just be kind of responsible for the software and servers i think he said and the software and servers that is twitter basically there's not that much else that he's no longer holding responsibility of it's it seems to be more that whoever the ceo is is just going to be a figurehead and you know it would be it would be quite surprising if musk didn't have a say going forward in how the company was run Now, another big change in the tech world this year was the sheer number of layoffs by the biggest companies in the industry. Twitter, Tesla, Microsoft and Netflix have all cut staff in 2022. And the figures are quite shocking. So Twitter has lost about 50% of its workforce, which is around 3,700 people. But that doesn't actually cover everything because apparently it doesn't include contractors, of which there are about 4,400 of 5,500 total were let go. The next bigger one is Meta, which lost 13% of its workforce, which doesn't sound like an enormous number until you realise that's 11,000 people which, you know, the sort of population of a, of a small town, I guess. Elsewhere, I think Snap's lost 20% of its workforce and Microsoft around 1,000. Uh, and, and beyond that, I gather that the likes of Google and Amazon have had um, recruitment freezes, even if they aren't actually making people redundant. So what caused all these tech giants to make so many redundancies? I think, you know, we're sort of in a global recession and with energy prices and all, all of the kind of associated things, there's just a general sort of atmosphere that consumers are spending less and there's this kind of a need to tighten belts for uh, imminent recession. Smartwatches have gradually become a staple device across the world for things like recording exercise, gathering health data, making payments and even just saving you from having to reach for your phone. And this year, Google finally entered the game with their very own model, the Pixel Watch. It's an interesting device in its own right from what I've you know, read and seen because Android Wear, which is now Wear OS, was first introduced eight years ago. And despite Google introducing it, they never actually made any hardware for it. They let the likes of Samsung, Sony, LG all kind of make these smartwatches, which, you know, they did okay, but it was really the Apple Watch that was the big driver of making smartwatches mainstream. And it feels like the Pixel Watch is an attempt to kind of show the Wear OS makers exactly what a smartwatch running Google software could do. The device itself was actually a collaboration between Google and Fitbit, which it bought out in 2021. There are dedicated Fitbit devices still, um, which come in a little bit cheaper. And there's actually quite a bit of annoyance in, in amongst Fitbit superfans that some features in the latest Versa 4 and the Fitbit Sense 2 is lacking some of the features that were on the previous versions and there's some sort of suspicion and you know the conspiratorially minded that um, they've been deliberately kind of hampered so that these high-end features can be put onto the Pixel Watch as Google's sort of flagship device but it does have Fitbit integrated and that's probably a smart move because Fitbit's got a good reputation for you know not just counting steps but sort of tracking fitness in general and you know the fitness features seem to be the area that wearables are really triumphing in after a few years of sort of floundering over what's their purpose was. Let's take a break now. Coming up, how Apple is being forced into hardware changes and Netflix's plans for password sharers after a tough 2022. Next year, it's going to be introducing what it calls an extra member fee. Why not hit follow and give us a rating during the break? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Now, as we continue our journey through the world of tech in 2022, let's take a look at some good news for consumers. To combat e-waste and just generally kind of make things a bit simpler for consumers, the EU has mandated by the end of 2024, portable things with a battery have to be charged via USB-C, which is the connector which 90% of Android phones already use. Apple doesn't. Apple uses the lightning cable and has done since the uh, early 2010s. While it's good for us, no more worrying about having the right charging lead, it does provide a conundrum for Apple. Does it switch the iPhone to USB-C worldwide or just in Europe? So there has to change by the end of 2024. The rumours point to the idea that they're going to introduce it to all iPhones next year. They don't have to do that. They could just make an iPhone for Europe, which has USB-C, and carry on with Lightning for America, Asia, the United Kingdom, and Brexit Britain. But the idea that they do that is, is just is just for the birds. It's just extra work for the sake of it. When Apple didn't get rich by you know making different units for different markets, it's just easier to have one model for the world. And in any case, it's already started introducing USB-C to its devices, some of the MacBooks and some of the iPads. So that's USB-C, likely to be coming in next year. And finally, something likely to affect most of us, and it involves Netflix cracking down on password sharing. To get there, though, we need a bit of background information. So in 2022, Netflix suffered its first ever decline in subscribers. It lost about 200,000, which, you know, sounds like a lot, although this is in a subscriber base of millions. And it's worth noting that actually part of that was losing 700,000 Russians due to sanctions because of the war in Ukraine. So it still would have been growing. But all the same, you know, the headlines were Netflix is shrinking and that's a bad news for shareholders and so on. So it feels like it's been trying to just recoup the money any way it can because, you know, making all these original shows and films, it's it's pricey business. So to boost its revenues, Netflix has introduced a few changes this year. It's introduced a tier with adverts. $4.99 a month instead of, I think, the lowest price is $6.99 and you have to watch it. Five minutes worth of adverts for every hour of content watched. Then it's also introduced a profile transfer tool to try and sort of push people into their own accounts, you know, say people who were cohabiting who have broken up so that they don't lose their watch history and so on and then they don't share the password, which brings on to the main change. Password sharing is is, is quite, a, uh, quite a common thing. Next year it's going to be introducing what it calls an extra member fee. And it's already been testing this in Chile, Costa Rica and Peru, where in local currency it costs £2.26. But obviously that may be scaled down to sort of, you know, different average earnings and so on. So it's not clear how much it will cost in the UK.
you're up to date. Thanks for listening to this Tech and Science Daily special. We will be back on January the 3rd at 1pm. See you then. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.